Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Um, 2020 has been a year. So much has happened. I think we've all, in every single sense, listeners, you know, been affected in some way, shape or form by the pandemic. We've learned to cope. We've lost some. We've um, preserved others. Allah has preserved others for us. And I think those of us that are alive and well, alhamdulillah, we're just really grateful to, to, to be here and to be able to speak to one another. Why I say this is because I'm presently sitting with one of our colleagues. He's an Arabic student, a student of Arabic, student of politics. Uh, he's a little bit of a book. Today, I think I just feel very grateful to be able to sit here with Muhammad Yasin Kipi and have this conversation. So, Muhammad Yasin, assalamu alaikum, and thank you so much for joining us. Wa alaikum salam. It's my absolute pleasure. Wow. Uh, it has been a year. It's been certainly a year. Uh, 2020 for us all has been a very difficult time. I lost, uh, you know, three of my uh, uncles and aunts uh, from the virus. Uh, you know, we were very uh, safe and, and took ec extreme measures when it, when it came to the spread of the virus. But really, as Muslims, we hold it so close to our heart. Things happen for a reason. And uh, the journey that we've all been on as a community and individuals is something uh, to reflect upon. Mm. Uh, you know, now that we are here at this at this present moment. Yes, and can I ask you? You know, I mean, you're a journalist. You've been in and out of the newsroom. I mean, for years now. At the beginning of the year, you know, COVID nineteen was something. It was, you know, something we all were thinking about, talking about whether or not, you know, South Africa was going to go into a lockdown, we're all still unsure. Right. At that point in time, you know, did, did you ever think, hey, if COVID hits me, what's going to happen next, you know? And, 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 and then fast forward to when you did test positive for COVID, you know, what was that like? Right. Well, well that's the thing. I didn't ever test positive. I tested negative both okay. times. Okay. And uh, what they call it, uh, it's a false negative. We, uh, the, the results come back negative, but you still have COVID. And I had an extreme form of COVID uh, and it led to pneumonia as well. In the beginning of the year, I was following the news just as everyone else. Uh, we wrote about it as well at, in VOC. We followed it closely. I was very happy to be one of those essential workers getting a permit to be able to come to VOC. Yeah. It's like a, a proud moment because you, you know, you could actually have some sort of freedom. Uh, and uh, it was definitely a time where we still kept measures, but I never got COVID outside. I got it in in the midst of my home, and uh, you know that was because my aunt uh, was sick, and my father went to visit her. You know, like a caring brother would. And we never knew it was COVID until she passed away and then we got it as well. And so uh, it was definitely a difficult moment. Um, but yeah, so, 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 so the, the understanding that uh, I, I definitely realized throughout this, uh, this period, especially the change in my perspective or transformation in my perspective, is that we really have to be more careful than extremely careful because of the possibility uh, that may arise especially the fact that I really know comorbidities that would make me get after COVID uh, yeah. you know a syndrome called GBS as well Guillain-Barre syndrome where my left side is lame uh, I can hardly use my right hand and uh, it's been a very difficult uh, experience ever since yeah, I think, you know before before we get 
you know, to the side effects and, you know, what you're now live, having to live with. I want to ask, you know, the, the, the Yasin, the Muhammad Yasin Kipi we've known, you know, has always been someone that's been very on top of it. And I say this from my observations, you know, whether it came to news um, or, you know, just be coming in and doing your shift and more especially your your faith. Right. You know, as, as, a, as a person of youth, a young person, you know, we're, we're all of the notion, oh, you know, if you're young, you get COVID, you'll fight it off, you'll be fine. Yeah. But in your case, not so much. Right. And I want to ask, how did you deal with that and, and, and your faith, this faith you have? I mean, I, I see it all the time. I've seen it, you know, in person with how you carry yourself, how you deal with it. I've seen it online as well. And then during your whole ordeal online, I saw the community, the online community, mm. react to what you were going through and the person that you are. And I think that took me for a six. So speak to us about that. Right. So so this is where, you know, I have to be completely honest, uh, you know, to the community. And uh, the, the, the truth was that I expected to be fine within a week. My One of my best friends, uh, Rashid Hendricks, he had COVID. And he was fine after four days. He said he just drank lots of ginger tea <laughs> and he was fine. We all know his father, the late Raj Hendricks, passed away from, from the virus as well. He had lots of comorbidities. So I expected mine to be the same as Rashid's. And I told my students who I teach Arabic to, uh, you know, I'll be back in a week. I said, don't worry, I'll be back. It's now four months since that, uh, you know, since I told him that. Um, so I, I expected that uh, to be very quick. Uh, I didn't expect to get that bad, having to go into hospital, my first time ever having to be hospitalized. That was an experience. And day by day, I just got worse and worse. And I, I was like, how is this possible? You know, uh, I'm fairly healthy. I mean, I wasn't comp very healthy. Uh, and I was uh, definitely Im had low immune system, but that was not as important as, uh, you know, some of the other comorbidities that people have to get, uh, you know, a bad f uh, version of COVID. So that was something that was very terrible, uh, especially having to go into an induced coma for 19 days. I didn't know it was going to be that long. And when I woke up, I didn't, you know, not being able to feel any part of my body except my head. And so I was like, surprised, what's going on now? You know, I thought everything would be fine. Why would you go into a coma if not to feel better, not to feel worse after that? So that happened. My breathing, as people could hear, I can hear, obviously, my breathing is still not 100%. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but throughout all of this, you know, it's definitely been... Uh, you know, to hold firm to the viewpoint that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one in control of our affairs. Not to ask why or how and why me. Can I just be real with you for a second? Did right. your faith in all of this take a dip at any point? Uh, well, it didn't take a dip, but it definitely made me more conscious of the importance of it. And the struggle that it actually is. A lot of people think, okay, I'm Muslim and that's a great thing and I'm lucky to be Muslim. But you've, you've got to work for it. And so, I mean, the eye is clear, you know. Don't, you, do you think that you will, you'll just say, I believe and you won't be tested? So the tests are real. Your name, Sabr, or what, what, like, what is Sabr really? You, you reflect upon it. It's a very, uh, you know, uh, difficult thing to actually uh, process. And so to sit there and to see people's uh, 
challenges that uh, you know next to you in the hospital as well mm-hmm. that really uh, changes your perspective and and the one thing and I know this is it seems very uh, weird but the one thing that really helped me was seeing people worse off than me yeah. and there were people in the hospital who were lo- it's called locked in syndrome where they literally conscious but they can't even move their eyes nothing so they know what's going around them but they can't communicate they can't do anything uh, but they were still able to recover so there's always hope you know for the, for these people with regards to my faith alhamdulillah i i feel so blessed to be muslim but even more so i feel honored that i went through this ordeal because it actually helped me realize what life's about yasin at any point or at some point did you have to make peace with the fact that you might not survive this that you might die right and especially from a youth's perspective as well as you know a faith point of view right how did that work right so i i mean this this happened i mean i had two heart attacks uh, 24 years old I, my lungs failed and the one thing that uh, you know i've noticed about pe- seeing people pass away near me in the hospital was that some of them were really scared while others were really at peace and you you wonder why that's the case you know and why people are at peace and, and it really comes down to the fact that they're willing to go that they're happy to go and and so when we all realize that uh, everyone's the same we all have the same challenges in life some more than others but that every single moment we have is a blessing and so we have to make use of that moment even though it sounds very cliched that then we will realize the greatness of life itself and the greatness of showing shukr for life and so you know they say sabr is one path but shukr is another you know to have both qualities is so important give us examples you know what prior to this this experience or this 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 life event did you take for granted that now you know it's like it's so amazing for you right so my life is very fast paced um driving itself perhaps yeah. i was i'm a very fast driver and it's terrible you shouldn't be like that i mean people driving now probably listen to this you should slow down you know because <laughs> what they say taqwa is you know god consciousness they give an example they say you know when you're driving down there the highway driving you're super fast the moment you see a camera you slow down but that's like realizing allah is seeing me and so now I'm going to slow down in terms of what I do but it shouldn't be like that you should always have that in in back of your head that maybe you won't see a little child crossing the road how many children don't die each year from car accidents so we should always have that consciousness even when you are driving you know uh, realize the blessing of our icon drive now i am driving for five or four years now but now i can't and so uh, th- what's that's, it like making peace with that for now uh, it's really difficult well i mean my bank account doesn't because uber is really expensive <laughs> so <laughs> so i don't like uh, doing that but 
there's motivation. So the peace is one thing, like you know, peace and, and justice. Which one is more important? You get short time, short term peace, but eventually you want to you want to make justice with with your situation. You want to you want to do your best. And so my uh, my peace is a short term peace, but it's really these motivations that I've laid down for myself, and we all have to do that in order to get to certain goals. One of which is I want to get married. You know, I'm young and I want to get married. And if I don't put that as a motivation, I'll just stay where I am. Another one is, you know, eventually to take care of my parents. My parents have been the greatest support. I mean, I haven't realized how amazing they've been. They took uh, each 12-hour shifts at the hospital just to be by my side. And that was amazing. Uh, so many ordinary things that we do, showering, going to the toilet, putting your clothes on. I can't really do much of that anymore, even though I can to an extent. But my parents are the ones who are helping me. So uh, it's, it's, it's everything, really. I mean, the way I eat now, I eat like a gorilla eats because my, my arm can't move properly. So, so uh, uh, it's, 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 it's an amazing experience, uh, you know, to, to witness the subtleties of blessings that we have in our life. But at the same time, not to be caught up in that. That's the peace, but we have to move forward. And there's always something to be done uh, in order to be, to be someone who is worthy of, of attaining Allah's rahmah to enter Jannah, because that's what we want, you know. Absolutely. Wow. Yasin, tell me, I, I mean, I know you perhaps three and a half years, um, but for those that have known you all your life, I'm sure they can test the fact that you are a great seeker of knowledge. Um, from what I've seen, mm. you, you try and you want to know almost everything, especially when it comes to your faith um, and religion. Tell me, this, 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 how has, has this impacted your mind and you're able to, to receive um, mm-hmm. in any way? You know, are you still able to put in those hours that you used right. to? Right, yeah. So, so uh, when I woke up from the coma, I was I was really like uh, I felt really bizarre and strange, but I felt even worse when I realized my teacher had finished the book during that time and I wasn't there, <laughs> so I was really sad. Yeah. And so immediately, you know, my teacher visited me and you know everything will be fine. My dua for me, uh, that's of course said Ahmed Al Kaf from, uh, from uh, Yemen, uh, who's who's with us here in Cape Town. Uh, but Alhamdulillah, I've been able to, and uh, they've been accommodating, so we've been using an online platform uh, where I can still follow the lessons, and as much as possible to go in person as well with obviously social distancing, etc. So that's been really, really the strength in this whole uh, process of recovery now. So, I mean, I have to do physio every day. I've just been to an MRI scan this morning. And uh, so many different things uh, falls part of the recovery process, but the one thing that is is stronger than all of them is uh, the, the the blessing that Allah has given us to actually seek knowledge and to become more knowledgeable and to put that into practice. So I can't make sujood now on the floor because I, I will hurt my arms because my arms don't work. So I have to use a chair. But at the same time. That's going to be my goal now. So I'm going to try and get to that stage where I can actually sit on the floor as well and make salah and make sujood. Yeah. 
absolutely. So uh, some great, well, that's a great motivation, Yasin. Uh, right now, we are speaking to Mohammed Yasin Kippi um, for our listeners. Of course, you know him. He's part and parcel of VOC for years now. Um, and of course, during 2020, during the pandemic, you know, he found himself possibly where no young person wants to be, um, but, you know, in hospital and at the mercy, ultimately, of his Lord, um, going through COVID-19 and experiencing the virus. So uh, we're going to be heading out for an ad break. And, of course, when we get back, we continue our conversation with Mohammed Yasin Kippi. Yasin, I want to ask you something. Are people treating you differently in the sense of, you know, Prior to COVID, you know, they treated you and dealt with you in a certain way. And now, yeah. obviously, um, post your experience, your yeah, post your whatever you want to call it, you know, um, are they more, you know, sensitive around you? Yeah. I myself sitting here, I don't know how to be with you right now. Yeah. What's that been like? And how do you want people ultimately to be handling you? Yeah, before before I got, uh, you know, COVID and the situation of GBS, I definitely heard about this uh, COVID stigma that people were actually having in the community. Uh, and I do feel that to some extent, uh, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, eating in public or doing something in front of people and then staring a little bit like at me because it's quite unusual. But for the, for the most part, it's been extremely positive and it's been really supportive. Of course, uh, people have been treating me much better. <laughs> uh, and uh, I mean, I owe that largely to my situation and people's kind-heartedness. But at the same time, you have to consider how the person feels. And I feel uh, sometimes like it's a pity party and I don't want you to to, to yeah. treat me like that. Yeah. So just be normal. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Don't try and pick up everything for me, etc. Yeah. Unless yeah. I ask. Correct. And I think this, this, this should be... You know, some tips for, for people when they are around mm. both people with COVID-based, uh, you know, syndromes or just normal problems with regards to uh, their physical health. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really important uh, for them uh, to, to have some sort of mental support. Not by telling people everything will be all right, because they know that already and they feel that in their heart. But by... Encouraging their own strength, you know, that you can do that or you're able to uh, do things on your own and we'll be here just in case something happens. And so when I got back home from the hospital after two months in the hospital, I wanted to walk by myself. You know, I couldn't walk, so I tried to walk by myself. My parents were so shocked. They were like, oh, no, no, you can't do this. I said, no, no, I have to. And I was adamant. Is it frustrating? It was super frustrating. Uh, but then I fell and I fell on my on the front and I, I twisted my arm so my arm can slightly dislocated and everything. So it's a, you have to strike a balance between, you know, care and, 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 and caution and of course letting people be on their own. Uh, so after that, there was a, a definitely a time that I was looked uh, looked after much more. Uh, but now, Alhamdulillah, I'm here on my own at the studio. I was able to come, able to go again, and uh, things are looking up. And the only thing that I really can say now is that we, as a community, you know, no matter how many lockdowns we face, still we have to build. Uh, you know, a society that uh, looks after the, the most vulnerable, because when we do that, we'll be looked upon favorably by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. 
let's speak about your medical team in the sense of where you educated during this, this this whole process you know whilst they were remedying you you know when you when you when you were being treated for covid when you were tra- treated for um said pneumonia you pneumonia, said, yeah. um you know did they explain to you and then you mentioned gbs right um you know what was the education around that like to say now okay fine you've recovered from covid but now this is something else you have to deal with Right. So yeah. So my my the, the my doctor was Dr. Blaab Al-Ghafoor from Malamed Gatesville, the pulmonologist. Mm. Uh, he was very supportive. Definitely a great help. A, a brilliant doctor. My sister as well. She's a doctor so at Malamed. So she, she was definitely very helpful, especially in educating me. She made a lot of decisions. Uh, you know, while I was in the coma, my aunt. She's a medical technologist and uh, neurologist, Dr. Paul Thomas. They all helped me both in education and also in therapy. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, uh, being diagnosed with a syndrome, uh, it all, almost, you know, opened up this, uh, this, this door of, of, of education that, I mean, I never even knew was possible before. Because the thing is, often when we think of medical doctors, we think of people who know everything about, about medicine. But they are people who are actually students of medicine. And in the same way, when we look upon people who are not doctors, they know nothing about medicine, so we shouldn't listen to them. But I got so much help from ordinary uncle auntie when it comes to therapy and what to do, even alternative medicines, home- homeopathy, those things, acupuncture, that actually didn't do any harm, but helped me in the process of healing, both mentally and also physically. So, uh, you know, if I want to credit uh, with regards to learning and with regards to my therapy, I can't name just one person. I have to thank all those people who helped me in whatever capacity they did medically. What's it been like, you know, staying away? And when I mean staying away or not being able to do as much as you used to do in terms of the gatherings you used to do. And we know for COVID-19, but obviously we've eased now into level one. Um, are you as active in terms of those gatherings as you used to be? Have you had to, you know, put in the back burner for the time being? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm I'm a regular uh, attendee at Masjid uh, Zawiya of Sheikh Saleh. So, I mean, they've been closed uh, for the most part, except mm-hmm. for very few people in, in the local community. So that's definitely been one of the reasons why I haven't been as active going to gatherings, etc. And Ahmed Hendricks is now, of course, the, the, the main sheikh there. But uh, for the most part, uh, you know, it's really been a great experience to see how many people have used this opportunity to make both local and international changes to how they connect. So I don't want to promote any particular platform, but, you know, these online video platforms that we use can be used. Whether it's for dhikrs, whether it's for, you know, for classes, uh, or, or whether it's just for gatherings and just hanging out with your family. So that's that's probably been the main way I've been been communicating with people. And I've also started, again, teaching, which is really, really wow. great because it makes me happy to teach. And I mean, any teacher who's not happy with teaching, they should stop teaching, right? <laughs> So I, I'm really happy teaching Islamic studies in Arabic. And so if anyone wants to join the classes, they can as well, yeah. 
Now, Yasin, tell me, you know, there's, throughout COVID, there's been this whole thing. At the time, they, the masajid were closed. They were right. advised, obviously, uh, places of worship to close. And then we saw them slowly start to reopen. Over the past few weeks, some of them have closed, uh, again, due to positive cases. What's your thoughts around the whole you know, for against the opening or closure of Masajid. Well, I, I'm I'm going to take uh, you know <laughs> diplomatic answer here, and it's 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 one that there's a lot of truth in because Islam is so vast in its legal theory that both are right, and the Prophet advised that if you make a you know legal reasoning that comes to a different conclusion, you're both right, and you'll both be rewarded. Perhaps one is more right than the other. Uh, and they say that one ounce of prevention is better than a, a pound of cure. So in our terms, one gram of, uh, you know, of prevention is better than a kilo of cure. So it's better to be to be cautious. But at the same time, if you're gonna go to supermarket every day and go at different places, but you don't wanna go to the mosque of Allah, Subhanahu wa Taala, the house of Allah, then that's some sort of hypocrisy happening there. So we have to maintain the masajid, whether that's just the local community attending uh, or in our homes, uh, having having small gatherings with our families. Uh, but at the same time, making sure that we, 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 we distance ourselves uh, socially. So uh, I'm not giving a fatwa or anything, but we have to be very careful because uh, this virus, uh, you know, doesn't take anyone. Uh, you know, e easily that affects everyone. Anything to say to you know various people have theories about the virus, right? I mean, that's conspiracy theorists. Any any words? Pe maybe people think I'm a I'm I'm a I'm not actually sick because they can't see me. But uh, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous to think uh, that the actual virus is fake. People say COVID's a hoax. They usually mean that it wasn't so natural, but it was created by some sort of CIA or whatever. Look, I'm not going to comment on that, whether that's true or not, yeah. whether that's a conspiracy or not. Uh, that's up to, you know, the truth. Allah knows that. But that doesn't matter. I mean, how does that affect you? What affects you is how you live your life. And more importantly, how you protect the people who are under your care. Because if you're going to hold the view that it's all a hoax and you don't care, it's not so much about you. It's about your children and about your, 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 your old mother or your old father who may be affected. Yeah. Yasin, we've got 60 seconds, a minute and a half to go, perhaps. I want to give you this time. Is there anything you want to say? Okay, so uh, while well, the ultimate, uh, you know, realization that has come to me, alhamdulillah, during this period, is the importance of making uh, tawbah to Allah and, and turning back at every moment that we can, uh, whether that's once a day or after every salah, just to say, Allah, I'm sorry for everything I've done in the past and to start anew. And, uh, you know, every time it's a new year, like the end of 2020, we think, you know, it's a new page. But we have an opportunity every day, five times a day, to, to turn a new page in our lives. And what's great about it is that your, your quote-unquote bad deeds can be turned to good deeds by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just by making that first step. And so that's been the ultimate thing. Uh, every, uh, the hadith says, Kulub no Adam khattaun, khil khattain, tawabin, right? That every son of, uh, of Nabi Adam is going to be a, 
sinner but the best of sinners are those who turn back to Allah so that's really the best advice that you can ever give to people is just to turn back to Allah and you'll see your life getting better and better each day uh, inshallah well he's still quoting so guys i think he's pretty okay don't worry my memory is good <laughs> yeah alhamdulillah that's great well Muhammad yasin kipri we'd like to thank you for taking time up to thank come you. here all by yourself it's been great um we pray to allah to restore you to the best of health inshallah thank you um, but it's great to see you in such a positive mindset and i think we all feel better now um, but of course that was a one-on-one -on -one session with Muhammad yasin kipri of course uh, detailing his journey um through COVID 19 and it's good to see the outcome thereof and we continue we ask you the listener as well to please pray for him